Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Dafnun Chesam and Beis, two lines on the bottom. So the last thing the Gemara dealt with is that it's a machlekes between Rameir and Rav Yechna Sandler. If uh, a man is Mekadesh, he consecrates the Moiser Maisia uh, of his wife, which means the excess um, earnings of his wife. We know that the initial amount of earnings correspond, at least the Gemara assumes now, but might change in a moment, the initial earnings which corresponds to the amount of money the husband receives in exchange for the Mezainas. And then there's above that, which is in exchange for a silver coin each week. So if he consecrates the Moiser, it's a machloikas between Rameir and Rav Yechon whether it's Kaddish. The last thing we said was that within Rameir Shita, that it becomes holy because it's owned by the husband, when does it become holy? So Rab and Shmuel say that it becomes holy after the wife dies, meaning the the Hegdish is not chal right away, because right away we assume it's not the husband's. We'll analyze this right now. But when she dies, then it becomes his through inheritance, then it's chal. So in essence, so Rav and Shmuel, okay, fine. And then you had um, Rav Adabarava who says, no, it's, it's Kaddish right away. So the Gemara wants to know like this. What exactly is the scenario? If the husband is giving Mezainus and the silver coin, that means that he has full rights to her Maisiadeha, then it should be holy right away. And if he's not giving the Mezainus and the silver coin, then he doesn't have any rights to the Maisiadeha, then it should never be holy. So th- then it, sh- it should only be holy after death, which is when it becomes his through inheritance. So what exactly is the Machlekes, right? You have a Machlekes or Shmuel, Rabin Shmuel and Rabad Barava, whether it's Kaddish right away or Kaddish uh, after she dies and it goes through inheritance. The question is, well, what's the case? So the Gemara says, The case is where he's providing food for his wife, but he's not giving the silver coin. So what's the Machlekes? The Machlekes is, we know there's two things that he has to do and there's two things that he gets. He has to do Mezainus and also the silver coin. In exchange for that, he gets the main uh, Maisiadeha and the excess Maisiadeha, the Maiser Maisiadeha. The Machlekes is what goes for what. Rav and Shmuel hold. The Gemara says, Rav and Shmuel, Savri, Tiknu, go to the next page, Mezainus, Tachas, Maisiadeha. They go with the standard approach, which is he gives her Mezainus, he gets Maisiadeha, Ma Kesef, he gives a silver coin. Tachas Moiser, then he gets exchange of the excess. So in this scenario, what's the case? The case is where he did not give the silver coin. He gave the Ikra Mezainus, but he does not give you the silver coin. So Rav and Shmuel say like this, the silver coin gets you the excess. If you don't give the silver coin, you don't have access to the excess. If it's not his right now, then it's not going to take effect right now. It'll take effect when it becomes his, which is after uh, after she dies and he gets it through inheritance. And because he didn't give the silver coin, the excess is still hers. And therefore, it only becomes Kaddish after he inherits through a different method. He holds the opposite. Ravadabarava holds that the silver coin gets you the main thing. The Mezainus gets you the excess. So the Machleg is Rav Shmuel, and Rav Adabarava is what gets you the excess, what gets you the main uh, Maisiadeha. Is the Mezainus gets you the main, and the silver gets you the excess, or is it the opposite? Rav Adabarava holds the opposite. In this case, you're giving the Mezainus, but not the silver coin, so he holds that the silver coin gets you the main thing. The Mezainus gets you the excess. Over here, you're giving the Mezainus, you get the excess. That's why it's Kaddish right away. 
is what gets you the excess? Is it the silver coin or is it the mezaynus? So my kamifugi, What's the machlekes about? So my sabr, Rav and Shmuel hold me the shchiach, me the mishchiach. They say like this. Why would they say that mezaynus gets you the meisimideha and the silver coin gets you the excess? Because they say like this. Statistically, most women don't make enough money to make to get to the excess point. There's a certain amount. We'll see what it is. A certain amount. I think it's um, five slim of thread. The value of five slimer, that's the main. And then anything above that is the excess. Most women don't get to the excess. The more shchiach is the main amount. The more shchiach, also when it comes from the man's perspective, is the mezonos, is supplying food. Silver coins, you know, infrequent that he has enough money to give that to his wife as extra. Meiser, the fact that she could earn excess is also infrequent. Infrequent goes with infrequent. Frequent goes with frequent. That's what Mar, that's Mar, Rav and Shmuel's shita. Mar Sav and Ravad Barav holds midedekayis, midedekayis. He says the opposite. It makes more sense that the silver coin will get you the main amount because the main amount has a, has a set amount. It's five slime of uh, thread, whatever. The silver coin has a has a set amount. It's a silver coin. So s- set for set, as opposed to mezainus, which could be infinity, and excess, which could be infinity, therefore makes more sense that the silver coin will get you the main mezainus. Okay. So, you have a machloikas between Rav Shmuel and Ravad Barava. What gets you the excess? Is it the silver coin or is it the mezainus? The meisir have a kasha. Tiknu mezainus tachas meisiyadeh. The brisa clearly states that in exchange for food, you get the meisiyadeh. Now, this is not like Ravad Barava because Ravad Barava says what gets you the meisiyadeh is the silver coin. Mezainus gets you moiser meisiyadeh. Gets the excess. Over here, it says that support gets you the main earnings, not the excess. The Gemara says ema tachas moiser meisiyadeh. You have to change the girsa to excess. Okay, Tashima, you're going to do this a lot. Tashima, another proof. The Mishnah says later on, This is a Kasha now in Rabbin Shmuel. The Mishnah says if the husband does not give a silver coin, he doesn't get her earnings. So that shows you that the silver coin is for the earnings, not for the excess. So the Gemara says, I'll change the Girsa that the silver coin gets you the excess. But wait a minute. Ha'alakatani, but it says in that Mishnah, right? It says in the Mishnah that the silver coin gets you the main earnings. The problem is that's not like Rabbi Shmuel. So the Rabbi Shmuel say, change the girsa. Silver coin gets you the excess. The Mishnah is talking about the excess. The problem is, it says in the next line of the Mishnah, Ma'i Oisala, what does she have to do? Meaning, what is the main earnings? Mishkal Chameh Shloim Shishibi Yehuda. Five Shloim of thread in Yehuda. So you see, that's the main earnings. That's the value of the main earnings. And that's what the silver coin is for. So how could you say the silver coin is for the excess? The Mishnah is clearly not talking about the excess. The answer is Hachikamar. It is talking about the excess. So why is it mentioning the mandatory because you only know what the excess is once you know what the main earnings are so when the mission lists the main earnings it's not to say the silver coin gets you the main earnings really the silver coin gets you the excess so why is the mission listing the main earnings because you only know what the excess is when it's above the main earnings so you have to list me the main earnings and you can tell me all on top of that is the excess okay Shmuel says the halacha follows Rav Yechon Masalim. Now let's analyze this for a second. Rav and Shmuel both say that according to Rav Meir, if you're Mekadish the excess, it's only holy after the wife dies. So that means that Rav Meir holds it's, it's holy after the wife dies, and Rav Yechon Masalim disagrees with that. He says it's not even holy after the wife dies. What's the machlekes about? The machlekes in Rav Meir and Rav Yechon Masalim is very simple. Can you be Makdish something that doesn't yet exist? 
right? You're being magdish something now for when your wife dies. You're being magdish the money for when you receive it after the wife's death. Rav Meir feels that it's holy because Rav Meir feels you could be magdish davar shaloi bala You could be magdish something that something that does not yet exist. Rav Yechon disagrees. That's how Shmuel looks at the machlokas. And if Shmuel says the halacha falls of Yechon that means that Shmuel feels you cannot be magdish davar shaloi bala that's what it means, because that's what the Machlechus is about. Rabbi Yechon Sandler feels that it's not holy because you're, he holds you can't be Magdish Dover Shalei Beloilam. Shmuel Paskins like Rabbi Yechon Sandler, which means Shmuel Paskins ain't on the Magdish Dover Shalei Now here's the problem, and this will take us to the next Amid, to the next Mishnah, and that is Shmuel is saying that we pass like Rabbi Sandler, which means ain't on the Magdish Dover Shalei You cannot make something holy if it does not yet exist. Here's the problem. The problem is the Mishnah says, If a woman says to her husband, Kainam is a Lushan, like a, it's a neder, it means that you're making a vow, and it comes from the root shirish of a karban. Um, it beca- it, you're making something usher to someone. So if the woman says, My earnings are usher to you, to the husband, the Tanakama feels you don't have to annul the vow. Why? Because the earnings are not hers, they belong to the husband. It's not hers to usher. She's assering um, the earnings on the husband. Well, it's not hers. It belongs to the husband. So the Tanakama feels the vow is ineffective. Rav Akiva says he should annul it. Why? Because maybe she'll make the excess. And Rav Akiva says, I understand the main earnings belong to her. She can't, main earnings belong to the husband, and that vow is not effective by her. But the excess belongs to her. So Rav Akiva feels the excess belongs to the wife. So if she makes a neder, it could be effective on the future excess earnings. Rav Yochman Nuri Yom, Rav Yochman Nuri says, Yefer, you should annul. Shemigar shenu te'esur lachzer. Rav Yochman Nuri says, while it's not effective now, it does take effect if they ever get divorced. So because it could take effect in the future, the, the vow, it should be annulled. And Shmuel says the halacha falls Benuri. Oh, so you see, Shmuel Benuri. That what? That when she gets divorced, then it'll take effect. So she makes a neder that her earnings are us to her husband, and it only takes effect in the future when she gets divorced. What do you see? You see, that's a case of being magdish davar That you're making a neder for something that does not exist, and it takes effect in the future. And Shmuel Paskins like Rav Nuri. So here's the problem: How could Shmuel Paskins like Rav and Asanler that that if a, a person is magdish his wife's earnings, it does not take effect because you can't be magdish davash If you if you're magdish the wife's excess earnings, it doesn't take effect because they don't exist right now. But Shmuel also passes like Rav Nuri that if a woman says Kainam, my earnings are kainam to you, they're also to you, it takes effect when she gets divorced. That's in the future. So does Shmuel say you could be Magdash Shalom or not? So the Gemara's answer is that Shmuel, and this will take us again to the next Amid, Shmuel's main shita is you cannot be Magdash Shalom. So why does it work by a kainam? Why is it that a wife says kainam, my earnings, it takes effect after they get divorced. The answer is kainomis are different. Now we'll get to that in a second. The first answer is something else, but we'll eventually get to that kainomis are different. So the Gemara says, First answer is that when Shmuel said he didn't really mean Rav Nuri's reasoning. He meant the Halacha Fals Rav Nuri regarding the excess, meaning 
not that the neder, that the koinam will take effect after she gets divorced, because that's in the future, but rather it'll take effect when there's excess. In other words, it's two things. What the Gemara is saying is that Rav Yechem and Nuri, that when, when Shmuel said that Rav Yechem and Nuri, he didn't really mean Rav Yechem and Nuri, he meant Rav Akiva. That not that it'll take effect after she gets divorced, it'll take effect on the excess. Now, a couple things. Rashi points out, this doesn't answer the question, because even Rav Akiva is using the fundamentals of you're able to be Magdish Dover Because even Rav Akiva is saying that when she makes excess money, it'll take effect. Rashi points out that the Gemara could answer that. It's, this answer doesn't really work, but the Gemara is going to reject it anyway. So the Gemara says, okay, so when Shmuel said he didn't really mean it. He meant Rav Akiva. Then say the halacha follows not the tanakam, but the halacha follows Rav Akiva. Basically, if he says the halacha follows Rav Akiva, it kind of sounds like it follows Rav Akiva. So back to the original question, which is that if Shmuel holds you cannot be marked as Javashal then how come if you say kind of, if the wife says kind of my earnings on my husband, it'll take effect when she gets divorced? So the Gemara says, Lam Rav Yosef, Konomas Kamrit, you're talking about Konomas, Konomas are different. Why? You know why Konamas are different? Konamas take effect. Normally, you cannot be Magdish Javash You cannot be Magdish something that, that doesn't exist yet, except Konamas are different. Konamas, you could. Why? Because think about it. Every Konam, right? I could asser my fruits to you, and you, I could asser your fruits to me. Now, where do we find such a thing? Right? If... Normally, if I want to consecrate something to the Beis Hamikdash, right? I want to make a, you know a neder, and I say your car is belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. Doesn't work. You don't own my car, right? But I'm able to say kainam your car to me. That your car is now usa to me. It works. So you see that kainamis take effect very easily. They're nedarim that take effect incredibly easily. So because kainamis take effect very easily, it'll also take effect on something that doesn't yet exist. That's the Gemara's answer. So therefore, really, you cannot be Magdash Javashal Be'olam, but Kainamas are different. Now here's the problem. The Gemara says, Yes, Here's the deal. I understand, yes, Kainamas take effect very quickly and very easily. And yes, every time I say, your car is Kainam to me, I don't own your car. I don't own your car yet. So it's sort of like it doesn't exist from my perspective, yet it takes effect. But the difference is that whenever a koinam is to take effect, there's two there, There's two items. This is the way, I don't know if this is Rashi, this is more Taisus than the other Rishonim. Every time you make an, a koinam, right, there's always two things. There's the subject of the neder and the person, right? Me, if I say koinam your car to me, that means I'm making your car usher to me, I can never get in the car. There's two items, there's me and the car. For it to work, I have to own one of them, right? In this case, I don't own your car, but I own me. Or the opposite. I have a car, and I don't want you to benefit. I said, coin of my car to you. That also works because I own the car. I don't own you, but I own the car. I have to own one thing. In this case, where the woman made a coin of, she said, coin of my earnings on my husband. The problem is, she doesn't own her husband, so she doesn't own that. She said, yeah, but she owns her earnings. No, she doesn't. The problem is the earnings belong to the husband also. So the question is, just how does it work at all? Like, after they get divorced, it takes effect. Why? I, it's Dabr Shabbat It's, yeah, but Kenomis is different. But over here, it, it, it shouldn't work because she doesn't own the earnings because they belong to the husband, and she doesn't own the husband. So how does the nether take effect at all? 
So the Gemara says, The case is not where she's saying that it's not a case of Darshavloilam, and it's not a case where she says that the you know it'll take effect after I get divorced. Rather, it's a case where she's saying, My hands right now are usr. Instead of saying my earnings, she's saying her hands. And her hands exist. So therefore, that's another answer. So it's not it's not an example of Darshavloilam. It's the hands exist. Here's the problem. It's the same problem. But again, the hands she the hands she don't own. She doesn't own. Right? She doesn't own the hands right now. It belongs to her husband. Right? Because the earnings, which the hands are used to create the earnings, belong to the husband. So the answer is Darmalichimigarsha. The case is where she says the hands will so she's not ossering the earnings, she's ossering the hands. But when she gets divorced, the hands become usher. So she's not ossering the hands now, she's ossering the hands when she gets divorced. At that point, she gets her hands back, so to speak. So she becomes the owner of her hands. The problem is, again, the problem is, if if she, if it, if the nether won't affect now, it won't take an effect later. Meaning, if she, if she says right now, my hands are kainam, that won't work because she doesn't own her hands. No, no, she said, my hands will become kainam when I get divorced. But that's, again, it doesn't work. Because if it doesn't work now, it doesn't work later. So, Amr Avi Loi, Alam Loi, why not? I'll tell you why it should work. If, let's say, I have land right now that I own, and I say, hey, I'm going to sell it to you, and then I'm going to buy it back in 10 years. In 10 years when I buy it back, it should be holy. The halacha is it becomes holy. Why? I, during that time period, you don't own it. Yeah, but you own it now. So because you own it now, it'll take effect later. So to over here, right now, she's saying when she gets divorced, her hands will 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 be kainam, it should work. Kamara says, but it's not comparable. In the case of the field, at least you own the field now. So because you own it now, it'll become holy later on. The hand she don't, doesn't own now. The Gemara says, Maskala of Yirmiya, me dummy, Hasim Biodalakdisha, Hachemiodalagarishatma. You know, in the case of the land, they could hold she could hold on to the land. It, it belongs to her. This person this woman doesn't have her hands right now. Her hands don't belong to her. And she can't even make a situation where it becomes hers because she's not in charge of whether she divorces herself. It's actually more comparable to a case where if I go over to someone, I sold him a field, and I say, hey, in five years I'm going to buy it from you. When I buy it from you, it's holy. The halachas, it's not holy, because so to over here, her hands right now belong to her husband. So if she says, when I get divorced, my hands, it won't work. So Gemara says, no. The Mary says, no, your assumption that her hands don't belong to her is not fair. It's not true. Her hands belong to her. They're just sort of on loan to her husband. They're sort of like um, on collateral. The husband has rights to the usage, but he doesn't own the hands. Therefore, it's more comparable to the following case. If I have a field that I gave to someone as collateral. I lent it to you until the loan is repaid. So it's collateral. And I say, when I redeem it from you, I want it to be holy, the halachas, it works, because I own the land. So it's over here. So right now she owns her hands, even though they're on collateral to the husband. And she's saying, when I get divorced, I want them to be kainam. That's why it takes effect. The Gemara says, but it's not comparable to the land in the collateral case. Why? 
land in the collateral case, it's within his right to get the land back. To get the land back, all he has to do is pay the debt, and then it'll be returned to him. Her hands are in loan, collateral, whatever you want to call it, to the husband, and she has no way of undoing that, because the only way that ends is through divorce, and she can't initiate the divorce. So it's not comparable. So the Gemara says, it's more comparable to a land that I pledged to for 10 years, so you know it's a long set of time, and when you buy it back, it'll become holy. But the Gemara then rejects that, same thing I said before. Again, over here, you can't redeem it. So it's not comparable to a land that's pledged. So back to the original question. The answer is, back to the original question, that is, Shmuel Paskins, like Rav Yechem Nuri, like, like Rav Yechem Sandler, that you're in other Magdash of Yet, yet, Shmuel also Paskins, like Rav Yechem Nuri, that when she gets divorced, it'll become holy. So we said, Koinomis are different. But we said, why are they different? Koinomis are different, I'll tell you why. Shani Koinomis de Kedushas Aguf Nenu. Koinomis are different because it's Kedushas Aguf. It's two different. When you consecrate things to the Beis HaMikdash, when you instill holiness, there's what's called Kedushas Dom and Kedushas Aguf. Kedushas Aguf means the item itself becomes changed, either through holiness or becoming forbidden, and it can never be redeemed. Koinomis is called Kedushas Aguf, meaning when you make something Koinom, it's, it, can never be, it can never be redeemed. You can't buy it out. In the case, because koinomais work that way, kedushas aguf ninu. Second, yeah, one second. So therefore, when a woman makes the neder that her hands to be koinam, the hands. So we said it, it shouldn't work. Why? We said it's like collateral. Yeah, but collateral you could redeem. The answer is koinomais have such a strong penetration that the forbiddenness goes straight through overrides um, whoever, you know, like, let's say I pledge an item to you. Let's say here, I gave you an item as collateral, right? So I own it, but it's collateral, so I can't use it. And then I make it holy with Kedusha Saguf. The halacha is, it goes holy. Ah, you were holding on to it. It doesn't matter. Holiness sort of breaks through and, and, and removes the, the, you know, the person holding on to it. It doesn't matter. Soto over here, she has hands that belong to her. But they're on pledge during the marriage, and she can't undo the pledge. But when she says kainam, when she says kainam, that her hands become kainam, it works. I she can't undo the pledge. It doesn't matter, because the kainam is so powerful, it penetrates in, and the husband loses the rights to it. Consecration, chametz, and making something free releases a lien on an item. So if you have a lien on an item, and let's say it's collateral, whatever, and then you make it holy. The holiness takes effect. So it's over here. The holiness, the koinum, takes effect on her hands. So the Gemara just says, well, If that's the case, then why doesn't the koinum work now? Why does it only work after the divorce? If it's so strong, it should happen right now. The answer is, Amur Rabban, Go to the next page. Sorry, the, the page we had already turned before. Amur Rabban, the reason is the truth is the koinam should work right away. But Chazal wanted the husband to be able to hold on to the rights. And therefore, while they're married, Chazal made it that they held off the koinam. But once they get divorced, then it takes effect. Okay. Whew.
the Mishnah, up to the Mishnah. Mishnah says like this. Um, Mishnah says, these are the tasks that a woman must do for her husband. These are the responsibilities that she has. Teichna, she has to grind the grain into flour. Oifa, she has to bake the bread. Mechabeses, she has to launder the clothing. Mevashela, she has to cook. Menika, she has to nurse the child. Metzesla, mita, she has to make the bread. Bed, and work with wool. Those are her responsibilities. And she can't just say, I'm not doing them. Now, what if she brings in slaves? If she brings in slaves, then based on the amount of slaves that she brings in, she can do a lot less work. So, if she brings in one slave into the marriage, she doesn't have to grind, bake, or launder. That slave will cover that. If she brings in two slaves, she no longer has to cook or nurse. She brings in three slaves, she no longer has to work with wool, and she doesn't have to make the bed. But she has to... Um, so Rashi does bring down that she still has to do small things, like bring him a cup of water if she asks for it, like within the house. Arba, she brought four maidservants, Yeshevis Bekadedra, she could sit on the chair and do nothing. Revelazar Oimer, no, Revelazar disagrees. Even if she brought in a hundred slaves, she has to at least do one of the works with, to, to work with wool. Because if you don't have a job, you don't do anything, it's going to lead to inappropriate. It's a bad idea. Similarly, if a guy says to his wife, I make a nether, you don't work for me. Meaning you don't have to do anything. The halacha is, they should get divorced. I, he's saying she, he's being meichel on all her obligations. The answer is, if she doesn't, if nothing, if, if, if someone sits around all day, has no job, does do nothing, no housework, nothing, it's going to lead to bad things. It, it brings, it leads to insanity. You lose your mind. Okay. Now, I think Amar is a quick question. It said that a wife grinds the grain. How can she grind the grain? They, 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 they used to use these giant mills. How could she, how could it be her responsibility to, to, to operate the mill? The answer is, it means she prepares it for grinding. Okay. She prepares the grain to be placed, but she doesn't actually have to do the grinding. That was also water mills, it was happening automatically. Or perhaps it's talking about a case where she has a hand mill. Okay. So you see from this Mishnah though that that the the one of the that the woman has to do certain jobs in the house. Masis it's our mission's not like Ravchia. The Tan because Ravchia says Ain Isha Uh the woman's main job is to look pretty. Not a very uh, politically correct Gemara. Um, so I guess um, all these things will have negative effect on her beauty. So he feels that she definitely doesn't have to do that. Any uh, Shalavanim, wife's main goal is to have children. A wife is meant for feminine things. Um, okay. Uh, not for chores, but for he has to buy cosmetics and jewelry for her. Okay. Says, if one white wants his wife's skin color to be bright and for her to look good and healthy, she should wear linen garments. And if you want your daughter's complexion to be good, um, you should give her uh, small birds to eat, small like pheasants or something. And she should bring drink milk around the age of puberty. Okay. One last sugya. 
one of the responsibilities the wife has is to nurse the child. So Leim Masis is like a Beishamai. Our Mishnah is like Beishamai, which is not such a Chiddush. Our Mishnah is not like Beishamai a lot of times. The Tanya, if a woman made a nether that she's not going to nurse her child, Beishamai says that the nether takes effect because she doesn't have to. Huh? Uh, checking my wallet. Yeah, yeah, just go through my wallet. Uh, Beishamai, Beishilo says, Kaifim and Nikasai. The, I don't know the table. Kaifim and Nikasai, Beishilo says that uh, the husband can force her to nurse the child because since it's under, it's her responsibility to do, meaning it's his right to receive that he nurse, that she nurse the child, it's considered, she, the nether doesn't take effect because when she makes a nether not to, it's like she's, she's like ostering the husband, uh, she's like saying, she doesn't own that right, it belongs to the husband. Niskarsha. Now, if they got divorced, ain't a kaifa. He can't force her to nurse the child because then she's no longer responsible. In general, this is nothing to do with the vow. Just in general, once she gets divorced, he can't force her anymore. But if the child recognizes her and refuses to nurse from anyone else, then the halach is he has to pay her wages and he has to pay her to nurse the baby. Because otherwise the baby's life will be in danger. So you see that our Mishnah, which says that one of the responsibilities of the wife is to nurse the child, is not like Bishamai. Because according to Bishamai, if you make a nether not to nurse a child, the nether takes effect. So the Gemara's first attempt is the Gemara is eventually going to conclude that Takar Mishnah is not like Bishamai. The Gemara says, I feel the time in Bishamai. Really, our Mishnah works with Bishamai. Really, the case really follows Bishamai. And Beishamai agreed that the wife is normally responsible to nurse the child. So why does Beishamai over here say that if she makes a nether, she doesn't have to nurse the child? The cases where she made the nether, the kaim lahu, but he upheld the vow. So Beishamai are arguing in the case where she made the nether, but he upheld the nether. Beishamai says that because he upheld the nether, it's like he made the nether, so the nether takes effect. Beishil says no, she made the nether, and it's her fault. And because she doesn't have the right, so if it's her responsibility, because she doesn't have the right, she is responsible for nursing the child, the, ner- the nether does not take effect. Beishamai agrees that she has the right, she has the responsibility to nurse the child, but Beishamai holds that because he upheld the nether, it's Kilo, he made the nether. So the Gemara says, First of all, if that's the case, the whole Beishamai really has nothing to do with nursing the child. As in general, if a woman makes a nether about something that's related to the Ksuba, but he upholds it, who made the net? Who's responsible? Him or her? So why does it have to be nursing? It could be anything. Void. Tanya. Bishamay says, in general, he does not. Inamanika, the, 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 the mother does not have to nurse the child. Forget about Nadarm. In general, Bishamay clearly states that a woman does not have to nurse the child. It's not a responsibility. Rather, you see that our mission does not follow Bishamay because according to Bishamay, the woman is not responsible, but according to our Mishnah, she is.